This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. I was sick last week, had a cold, so I was hacking and sniffling a lot. There's still some leftovers. Uh, I might have to take an emergency swig of my beer in order to uh, wet my dry, scratchy throat. It's not too scratchy right now, but it's a little dry. So we'll see if I can nurse myself through this. Uh, it There might be a sniffle or two. I'll, I'll be careful. But uh, had I done the show last week... It would have been uh, difficult <laughs> uh, to not sound gross, which I don't know. Maybe I sound gross no matter what. I just I guess it's in the ear of the, whole, of the beholder. Well, okay, let's get the uh, unpleasantness out of the way uh, in this first segment of the show. We'll see how deep I get into this. Um, uh, well, uh, our glorious leader, uh, President Donald J. Trump. Uh, has been acquitted. Uh, he was impeached uh, for two articles of impeachment were drafted uh, and 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 passed by the Senate, the House uh, um, House of Representatives. And those uh, were uh, the first one was abuse of power, which essentially was um, uh, asking Ukraine to investigate uh, Joe Biden. And his son Hunter Biden, uh, you know, as a way to sort of, you know, to influence the upcoming election. You know, he was he, he was inviting a foreign power into that. Now, was there quid pro quo? Was the withholding of, uh, of uh, financial aid to help Ukraine in their in their war against uh, Russia? I guess that's what's going on over there. Uh, well. Hmm. But that was, you know, abuse of power was the first, first article, and the second was um, was obstruction of Congress, and you know that entailed stuff. Well, you know, it, it's. I mean, I, I I talked about this before and, and made my predictions before, and the first two predictions are really there were no brainers. Everybody knew it. As soon as the House got started on doing the impeachment process, we knew he was going to be impeached. It just, you know, just it was just going to happen. It was pretty much a foregone conclusion. Once the House took it up and started doing it, we knew it was going to happen. And then once it got to the Senate for the trial, which is that's what's the Senate's job to do in the impeachment process, they do the trial and they they determine whether or not uh, the president is is guilty uh, and should be removed from office. Uh, if they, you know, and it needs to be a two-thirds majority in the Senate to 
convict. To, to it needs to be two thirds. It, it it's not supposed to be easy. You know, you're supposed to get two thirds majority. It's not just a simple majority. It has to be that much because it's it, it you know the way it was set up. It's just like it shouldn't be easy to to get the president out of office. Well, we knew going forward, you know, the Republicans control the Senate, the Democrats control the House, so we knew what the results were going to be. We knew the Senate was going to uh, acquit President Trump. We knew it before it was going to happen. I mean, you know, so my predictions for both of those things were not really anything spectacular. But, you know, they all took the oath. You know, all the senators took the oath to, to, to be impartial, to set aside partisanship, to, you know, to listen to the evidence presented by the, the House managers in presenting the trial. They all took an oath. In fact, not only did they take the oath, but they, they wrote their names down. They signed a book. They signed a book. They had to do both. They did both. I mean, that should show you that what bullshit it was. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's like in your state or your county when there's a <clears throat> when there's a case, oh jeez, I told you I might have to swallow something here. Hang on a second. <clears throat> I'm doing this for you guys. And for me. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, but that's how it's going to go this show. I'll try to minimize it. But, okay. I mean, how many jury trials have you been to where someone takes the oath, uh, you know, a witness takes a stand and, and, and takes the oath to not perjure themselves, and then as a juror, you take an oath to be impartial and to listen to the evidence and to only decide the case on the evidence presented at trial. You, you, you just raise your hand and do it. There's no, okay, now sign the book. Could you sign the book? It's, it's just a show thing. It's just a show. In fact, you know, uh, uh, the, the oath for the senators in an impeachment trial is about as, is, as useful as a microphone in a, ha in a Super Bowl halftime performance. More on that later. It's just, come on. I even read something that said that, well, the oath in an impeachment trial, the, the impartiality is, it's not as, you know, it's not as stringent <laughs> something like that it was an opinion piece but you know what okay so you know it the results are you know came to where they are so we've learned a couple things now uh, there's been two impeachments in my lifetime there hadn't been an impeachment of a president since uh, 1860 something you know, 1867, 68, I should have written it down. And it was Andrew Johnson. He was the vice president of uh, Abraham Lincoln, who assumed office once Lincoln was assassinated. And Andrew Johnson, uh, uh, so he's different in that he was unelected and he was, un he, he was impeached. Uh, Bill Clinton was, an, was the first elected president to have been impeached. Donald J. Trump is the second now. And... Uh, there, Richard Nixon surely would have been impeached and may have been convicted in the Senate because he was hearing from members of his own party that, uh, yeah, we're gonna, it's gonna go against you here. And uh, so why put the country through that? And so he saw the writing on the wall. It's, it's my understanding of how it went. So that was a that was one of those cases. But he resigned before the articles of impeachment could be 
could be uh, finalized. All right, so so we've had we have two elected presidents who have been impeached and acquitted. Now, Trump, I believe, will mo move along and get reelected because I'm telling you, kids, I just I don't see things being all that much different than they were in 2016. Uh, some people disagreed with me when I posted this on Facebook. They said uh, people have uh, their eyes are opened, and uh, you know they don't see him getting reelected. And I just I don't see that the Democrats have someone that's going to excite enough Democrats, because I'm seeing too much of a you know the Bernie or bust attitude. Uh, I'm seeing that it's like if we don't get Bernie, you know we'll take our ball and we'll go home. And others are same thing with others. Or so if we don't get the perfect candidate, we're going to take our ball and we're going to go home. You know, so it's like Biden's too much an insider. Uh, Bernie and you know, and and Elizabeth Warren, Warren, they're too much of outsiders. And the rest of them, who knows? Uh, uh, Buttigieg, you know, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he maybe, but I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing anybody that was like Obama. Obama just managed to get people excited. And energized the Democrats. He just did. And I don't see that happening here. And I see the, you know, the I see articles being shared about how the polls are saying that Bernie Sanders would beat Trump easily, and that just about any of the other Democrats up against Trump would beat him easily. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, we all knew Hillary was going to win, didn't we? Because all the polls said she was going to. We so it's just. I'm not seeing anything really that different. And I do see some of his supporters on Facebook and they are they seem just as 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 uh, vociferous as ever. <laughs> so this this impeachment might you know might energize uh, Trump's voters. I I don't know. But we can always point and say He's been impeached. You know, he's just just acknowledge it. He's been impeached. How much? How much has that hurt Bill Clinton? I don't know. There is a difference between the two men, between Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. There's a difference. When somebody posted this on the Facebook today, they made a note, note noting how after the impeachment process, um, Clinton was conciliatory. He was apologetic. Um, you know, Trump is just being an asshole like he always is. I've never done anything wrong, and I never will do anything wrong, and I won't acknowledge doing anything wrong. Mistakes were made, but certainly not by me. You know, it's just he's just an asshole. He's a bully, and and I hope he I hope I'm wrong when it comes to uh, November when that happens. Um, Amy and I just cast uh, our absentee ballots for the Minnesota primaries. I believe it's primaries or is it caucus? You know, I should know this, shouldn't I? But we did. We cast our, we, we got an absentee ballots. Uh, we went to a um, uh, uh, parent-teacher parent conference thing, and at the school they, they said, Junior, would you like to sign up for an absentee vote? And I thought, geez, you know, I can't get to these places because I work all the damn time. Uh, you know, it's, I'm able to get to the polling place on election days because I just go before work. But, you know, to have an evening with meetings, I just, you know, it's just I'm, I'm working all the time. And, uh, you know, this is past week. I worked every night of the week. It just uh, worked out that way. I'm supposed to have Wednesdays and Thursdays off. But, hey, you know, it just worked out that way. So we did the absent ballot, absentee ballot thing, and so we sent that in. So we voted. 
And you know when the when the actual vote comes along, I don't know if we'll get an absentee at that point or not because we've signed up for this one. I don't know. If we do, we'll do it that way. Otherwise, we'll go to the polling place. But it's just, um, it's. I could be wrong. I was wrong with Obama. I thought I didn't think America was ready to vote for a fellow whose middle name was Hussein. And remember, there were all those people that were so adamant in saying his full name, Barack Hussein Obama. Remember them? They were all just, oh, we got to do that. They don't do that with Donald John Trump now. And I wonder why. Why? Because back then, I would say, why are you using his full name? Well, it's his name. Well, I know. But you didn't do that with other presidents. Why are you doing it with this one? Because they wanted to underline Hussein. They wanted to accentuate he's the other. So, a uh, couple of things about the impeachment trials of the two that happened in my lifetime. Uh, a cynic can look at it and say, well, we've been shown that a president can lie under oath. That was Bill Clinton. And pretty much get away with it. Well, he didn't get away. He was impeached. Didn't lose his office, but he was impeached. So there is that, uh, I guess. Uh, and now uh, a president can enlist the aid of a foreign nation to interfere in, in our elections and get away with it. Well, again, he was impeached, but he didn't lose his office. So that's, I suppose, the way a cynic can look at it. There was one moment that, depending on what side of the aisle you're sitting, uh, was a uh, was a it was a surprise. I I'm not totally because I thought maybe this guy might do something, and that was Mitt Romney, Senator Mitt Romney, Senator from uh, uh, Utah. He you should watch his speech when he talked and said, "I'm going to vote to guilty. I'm not going to acquit." He says, I, I voted with the president 80% of the time. Uh, I know I'm going to get shit for this. It's not exactly how he said it, but he knows. He knows. But he said, you know, he consulted his God. You know, I, okay. But he just, he says, you know, the, he voted guilty on the uh, abuse of power, the first article, because he believed that the evidence showed that the president tried to get a foreign nation to interfere in our elections. And and so he stood up there in front of his, you know, Republican colleagues, and told them that that's wrong, and I'm I have to go with my conscience on this. I'm not going to vote guilty on obstruction of Congress, but on this one, this first article, I'm going to. So, how will history treat Mitt Romney? We know how the asshole in chief is treating Mitt Romney. And I'm sure a lot of Republicans are kind of grumbling at him, and, and he's losing out on, I don't know, special spots that the senators get to have, whatever, on committees and all that. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't, he's not up for re-election until 2024, which would be, you know, the last year of Trump's second turn, <laughs> should he get re-elected. I will, I don't know, but it just, it took balls. Well, let's not put it that way. It took guts. To, to do that, and I, he actually looked impartial at it. And the the thing is, in 1998, when Bill Clinton was impeached, and then the Senate held their trial, 
and they all took the oath. They raised their hands and took the oath, and then they signed the book. Uh, we knew then that every single Democrat was going to vote not guilty. We knew then. We knew that right from the beginning. I was, I was disappointed in Paul Wellstone. I thought, maybe Wellstone. Maybe Wellstone. Senator Byrd, he, he floated the idea that maybe, maybe, but no, they all voted to acquit. It just, just happened. We, we knew it. We knew it was going to happen. So what was the point of taking the oath and signing the book? What was the point? The, the Republicans now, the ones that, there's many of them are saying, well, what he did was wrong, but we just don't think that he should lose his office because of it. What he did was wrong. You know, this Susan Collins said essentially that, I guess. So, all right, okay, well, you know, what will he be impeached for in his second term, I wonder? I said that on Facebook. Just kind of said it on my page. I didn't say it on anybody's thread. I just said it out on my page, and uh, you know, and it's uh, you know, I was called a master troll for <laughs> for that role. So this is how you this is how you troll by riling up, by saying something to rile up both sides. <laughs> well, I just I don't know. I just was feeling squirrely, and I had I thought it'd be funny, and I just did it. I wasn't targeting anybody. I just did it. Um, although yeah. I don't know. I, I chuckled when I saw the reaction. Uh, <laughs> at least that one. Uh, so, okay, let's find out where it's going to go, how we're going to, what it's going to do to us. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's I. I I'm confident though. Should uh, Trump be reelected, he you know he will leave office. When his second term's done, he's not going to be president for life. It's it's you know the, I think even the Republicans would not go with for that. I, I, I at least I hope that's how <laughs> I hope they won't. Um yeah, okay. Well, alright. This is this is the country we live in. This is the, these are the our times. Uh I just you know and oh and this Iowa caucus that took place. Now this I did I suppose troll a little bit. But this was I was a needle that I was given. A friend of mine posted the results as when they finally were, when they finally came out, they had these results, and maybe they're not final yet. I don't know. But when when they came out and they were listing uh, the number of delegates won by each candidate, uh, Joe Biden won zero candidates. He came. He only got sixteen percent or something of the vote, so he didn't get any candidates. So I commented and I said, "Well, looks it appears that President Trump didn't didn't need to." Uh, List any foreign aid in, in uh, foreign interference into our elections after all, did he? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I was just giving the needle. I put a little winky face, just showing that. Look, I'm just, I'm just, I'm needling you a little bit. You know, because Biden ended up getting zero delegates out of out of Iowa, and as goes Iowa. Well, I don't know if that's true. Anyway, so the long national nightmare is finally still going. <laughs> it ain't over yet. And we better hope, if he does get reelected, we better hope that Ruth Bader Ginsburg can live to be 100 and whatever she's going to have to be. <laughs> I don't think she's going to make it through a second term. Ugh, I don't know what party boy he's going to find for the next justice uh, for the Supreme Court, but oh, I'm sure he'll find a doozy. Anyway, uh, I'll think I'll take a break and uh, come back and talk about uh, uh, something far less significant.
How about that? You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Getting some Z's. Getting some Z's. Getting some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z-Talk Radio. On ztalkradio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, before I continue, I should note that uh, the bumpers uh, for today's, for this week's show or tonight's show or whatever you want to, however you want to consider this show, um, uh, they're not all by the same band. Three of them are, and one of them is by a band that was heavily influenced by the one that has the three songs. Uh, this, the song that we were just coming out, of uh, break listening to is a song called Naturals Not In It and it's by a band Gang of Four. Now that's the band that has the three bumpers for this show. The bump that we heard, the the song that we heard playing into break is a song called uh, We're So Cool by a band by a band known as Au Pair and uh, or Au Pair, sorry, Au Pair. Uh, they are a band that's heavily influenced by Gang of Four. And why are, are all the rest of the bumpers for tonight's show Gang of Four songs? Well, um, the uh, the only remaining original member from the band, because the band was still a a going concern. Uh, in fact, I think they've there's been they were working on a new album uh, when uh, the the original founding member Andy Gill died. Uh, I haven't found out. Excuse me. I haven't found out exactly. That was a little burp. I had a sip of beer. And, gas came back up sorry <laughs> radio professional 
Uh, anyway, uh, Andy Gill uh, died. It was a, just an absolute shock. Uh, he was 64. I, I just saw it pop up on Facebook, and I went, "You got to be what?" So I, you know, I do what I always do when there's a death notice or something breaking news kind of thing. I always check to see if it's a death notice. Check the date. Go find the article. Check the date. And if it's uh, and if it's uh, uh, and then just see is this a legit source? Are there other sources reporting it? Find out. And then it's just uh, yeah. It's so Andy Gill. Uh, may not be a household name, but uh, that guitar style that you were hearing when we were coming out of break, uh, that is, that's his. That's his uh, signature style. He's choppy, angly, uh, clangy stuff that he does, and he's just, it's, it's just great. It's just great. And he would produce records for, for bands. Uh, he produced the Red Hot Chili Peppers' first album. He, he 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 did that one. He did uh, an album for Killing Joke. He's done other you know production stuff, uh, and I think I told this story a while back. Uh, I think in one of my cool things, in that I mentioned um, that that uh, you know the gang of uh, that gang of four, uh, they had posters up. There was these posters up on a wall in a very early episode of Late Night with David Letterman. Uh, Letterman had this, uh, you know, they would go to, they'd have these title cards when they would go to breaks and that. And one of them had a wall, a picture of a wall that'd be seen in New York City with a bunch of posters on it. And there was a bunch of Late Night with Dave and Letterman posters on it. And there was some Miles Davis posters on there. And toward, along the bottom was a bunch of posters for Gang of Four. And so I got a screen capture of that. I put it up on my Facebook and I said, look, Gang of Four. You know, who says Gang of Four were never on Late Night with David Letterman? And I linked or I tagged that post to Andy Gill, who happened to be a Facebook friend. I'm putting that in air quotes because, you know, we never chatted or anything. It just, I saw he was on Facebook. I sent a friend request. He accepted it. We never had any kind of interaction. I toyed with the idea of just sending him a note saying, hey, look, I just want to say, if you're one of my all-time favorite guitarists, you just, I think you're awesome. Whatever, but I I never did, and now I you know well now he knows because he's up there in heaven looking down at me. No, he's not. Anyway, uh, he's not in hell either looking up. He's nowhere. He's gone. He's in our memories. That's where it is. That's where he is. At least that's what I think. I don't know. I'll find out when I die, or I won't. So <clears throat> he actually responded. Uh, he he just he said uh, you know. Yeah, me and Letterman were just like that. And he puts a, a, a cross fingers emoji in the thing. And I just went, hey, Andy Gill responded. That's cool. So, And it was him. It's, it's, it's him. It's his Facebook page. It's not some PR firm that's answering his, his Facebook tweet, uh, whatever, his stuff. It's not, it's not that. It's just, it's the guy. So that's as close as I got. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him in concert a couple of times. Saw a gang of four in concert. Uh, I guess he was in his, in the hospital, and he was going through, uh, you know, he was listening to tapes or mixes of the, the album that they're working on. Uh, he was listening through them, and, but uh, he died. And again, I don't have a cause of death. Uh, didn't see one. So when I take my next break, listen closely to the music playing in and out and you'll hear a little more of that you know gang of four and it's from their early their first two albums the songs that i picked and uh, you'll hear um you know some of that 
some of that guitar work. Uh, I think you'll hear it in both of the tracks. So now, um, now I'm gonna get this segment here that's you know less heavy uh, than than uh, the top of the show's segment. Uh, but this is just what is needed right now. Uh, the world needs to have a middle-aged white guy chime in on the Super Bowl halftime performance of Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, or J-Lo, or as I called her, Jennifer Lowe, which gave my wife a nice chuckle. <laughs> I called her Jennifer Lowe. Uh, <clears throat> well, um, I don't want to come off as prudish, uh, I was bemused. You know, first off, uh, we you know, we watched the Super Bowl and, and enjoyed it. And what a uh, 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 what a comeback by by Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. For the third time in this postseason, the Chiefs came from behind, substantially behind. And won the won their game, and that's what they did with the Super Bowl for about for most for the first three quarters of the game and through a sizable seg- section of the fourth quarter of the game, the San Francisco 49ers looked like they just had it, they had it wrapped up, and they were just gonna cruise to a win. <clears throat> and then with the I, and I was listening to the local sports guys talk about it. They said with the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, the Chiefs just turned it on. Came from behind and won. <laughs> it was a little bit of luck, a little bit of amazing play by by Mahomes, along with some you know a couple other players uh, for the Chiefs, and it's amazing. And and I, I I I'm happy for the Kansas City Chiefs and for the people of Kansas. <laughs> I mean Missouri. Well, the people of Kansas. There's a Kansas City, Kansas. There is, but that's not where the Chiefs are headquartered. That's not their fan base. Although I'm sure there are fans in Kansas City, Kansas. Of the of the Chiefs, I'm sure they're there, so I hope they're happy too. But our president <clears throat> apparently doesn't know that about Chiefs. I wonder if you could find Ukraine on a map. Well, okay. Anyway, uh, it just was a uh, it was nice. But the halftime got a lot of people riled up. We didn't turn the game, we didn't turn channel or anything, we didn't turn it off, we just muted it. We weren't listening to the music, because, I'll be honest with you, the music's just not for me. It's not my thing. Uh, I did, since then, listen to some of the music that was for the halftime, because I wanted to rewatch parts of it, uh, you know, for the show. And I figured I'd listen to the music while I'm rewatching it. And it's just, you know, it's not, I'm not going to crap all over it, it's just not my thing. You know, people like it, great, it's not my thing. So it's it's art. It's subjective. There's no wrong answers. But <clears throat> I, I I could sum up the the halftime show uh, by saying it was crotchtastic. Um, I mean, there were a lot of crotches. There was a lot of crotch gazing to be done in that halftime. A lot, a lot, and I'll I'll split these into two categories of crotch gazing. There's the incidental crotch shots, and then there's the purposeful crotch shots. And the ratio of incidental, where it just happens because they, they make a move and you know you see the crotch, it's, it's just something that you probably couldn't avoid. And the ones where it's, look at my crotch, look at my crotch, come on, look at it, here it is, here it is. 
the 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 ratio of both of those are, were were at the very least even. <laughs> you know, 50-50. I think there's the edge though to the purposeful ones. I mean, you know, Jennifer Lowe shows up on a stripper pole, and I'm just I'm trying to figure out this. Is it empowerment for women to do that kind of thing, or is it exploitation? Or is it both? Is it objectification? What what is the message being sent there? Other uh, there's I mean they, they both Shakira and and Jennifer Lopez are uh, are older, you know they're they're older than what we, we would con what Hollywood would consider interesting <laughs> with women. Hollywood is still trying to you know trying to come to grips that you know women get older uh, and. Uh, and, and they, they, but they look, you know, you know, Shakira's forty-three years old. Uh, 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 Lopez is 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 fifty, and they both had kids. And they both look great, and they could still do the dances and the moves and and wear the outfits. And that's the thing: the outfits were uh, cut to be sort of like, well, little arrows pointing to the crotch. Like <laughs> I, 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 it's just. My wife says, "Why are you watching that?" I said, "How can I not?" I mean, it's I'm I just I was gonna draw or something and I just end up just looking at it. She says, "You're I just and she looks at it. She says, "Yeah, well, look at it. what what are they doing?" So I thought, "Geez, am I just being a yeah? Is it just patriarchy happening here with me? Is it am I just being am I being a, a perv maybe? Am I just am I being a prude?" So I thought, well, let's let's look at some of the past uh, halftime shows. Let's look at some of them. And I I looked at uh, I looked at Lady Gaga's. And Lady Gaga, you know, there was a few you know crotch shots, but they pretty much all seemed to me to be incidental. Uh, it, it and I and and the outfit that Lady Gaga wore. Although we'll say, let's just say, compared to a one-piece bathing suit, okay, it, you know, it's just that's kind, you know, sort of kind of what it was. Although it's a little more involved in that, but it, it was cut the way, you know, you compare her one-piece bathing suit outfit to Shakira's and J Lo's. Uh, Lady Gaga's was cut more like a like a 1940s one-piece bathing suit where the the whole rump is covered you know there's very little ass cheek if any but pretty much the whole rump is covered and it's almost like there's a little skirt in the front just almost just the tiniest bit of one that you don't the the thighs end you know, almost at where the where the crotch ends almost you know that's just just so she had something very akin to that um now Shakira and JLo's theirs were cut more like the 1980s, 1990s one-piece bathing suit where there was the narrow front cut and the high hips and the and not a thong in the back but pretty close, plenty of butt cheek. You know, theirs were like that, and that's you know, okay. And then there were a bunch of other dancers on the stage with them. 
There were women, you know, women dancers, male dancers. Most of the time when the men came out on stage, they were fairly well covered. Most of the time when the women came out on the stage, they weren't too uncovered, but there was mm, a little more uncovered. There was a time, at one point though, the men came out and they had no shirts on. So, well, finally, some beefcake. <laughs> you know, let's, it's finally, they had a, a, a rapper come out, some dude come out and he's he was dressed i mean he had a he had a, a long pants on a big big oversized sweater kind of thing all silvery looking and a, and a trench coat i mean it was practically a burka i mean he was covered head to toe practically and it's, it's like oh, sure he, it's like what's going on here yeah as was part of what i was thinking and you know so so the, it's, it, it just and so then i looked at a different Halftime. I went and looked at Madonna's. Now, Madonna's all about the sex, right? So I watched the Madonna one, and I see uh, um, it's pretty much the same thing as like Lady Gaga. Madonna was wearing a little skirt in front, very, very shortly cut, but you know, and, but she was wearing, you know, appropriate underneath stuff, you know, so it's not to be, you know, she wasn't wearing crotchless panties, you know. <laughs> she was, she was, you know. So when she did a couple cartwheels and these, the skirt falls down a little bit, you're not getting, you know, she's not pulling a Carmen Miranda on you. And uh, it, it, so it's just, it was incidental. There didn't seem to be too many. But, boy, in, this other, in, in the one that we just had, it seemed to me like the camera was a little lower in a lot of the shots for the one that we just had. And I, I compared that to the other ones. And, well, they had some lower shots there, too. So I just, I'm still trying to work this one out. But there was something that I was reminded of in the, uh, for the Madonna um, uh, halftime show. She had a couple of uh, other performers come out. CeeLo Green came out, uh, Mickey Minaj, and Mia, spelled M period, A, I period, A period. Like M-I-A, yeah, but it's, I think, I do believe she pronounces it Mia. And, you know, so they came out to do some, you know, hip-hop parts to Madonna's deal and um, Mia did something that I had forgotten about um, she gave the finger <laughs> to the camera uh, she was doing some rap thing and and she's up on a uh, she was she's up on this little platform which is about 18 inches up from the main stage and she steps down from that platform and she turns her back to the camera and then she comes back around. She puts one foot back up onto the platform, and and she's I you know there's a line in what she's rapping. I guess is a song of hers, where she says the word shit. She says it in the song. But I was reading this on Wikipedia. They said she didn't say that. Instead, she gave the finger. But I heard in watching the replay of it, I heard her say shit. So she gave the finger and said that. And so that got a little you know that got some reactions. You know the the network that played the Super Bowl in the NFL. They apologized for it, and I think you know I think uh, Mia got in a little trouble for it. Madonna said that wasn't the place for it. She says I understand the punk rock idea of it, but it's it's not the place for it. And and so she was a little upset. But there was something else about that moment that I noticed while rewatching the deals. I will tell you what that something was when I come back from my next break. Please enjoy this little bit of music from Gang of Four by the, by the late rocks fellow, uh, Andy Gill. 
competition that beats all the competition. And we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio's Redheaded Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. I'm Mick West. In my podcast, Tales from the Rabbit Hole, I have extended conversations with people who have been involved in conspiracy culture. I do this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because it's really interesting. These people have great stories about how they fell down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, what they did down there, and what it was that helped them out. Sometimes I also talk to people who investigate conspiracy theories, and they have equally fascinating stories from the other side. Secondly, I want to understand how best to prevent the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation, which is an increasing problem in a time when alternative media is exploding. The best way to do this is to communicate effectively with the people involved, and the best way to do that is with a nice long chat. Check it out. Tales from the Rabbit Hole. TFTRH.com Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I wish I would have uh, been able to listen to that whole song. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the, on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, it's talking about the uh, Super Bowl crotch-tastic uh, uh, halftime uh, performance of uh, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Uh, I, okay. Back in 2012, Madonna did a halftime show for, for, the, uh, for the fans. And uh, Mia raised some controversy by uh, giving the finger to the audience, to the camera. And um, she did something else that uh, people didn't talk about. Uh, Okay, what was she wearing? She was wearing some kind of somewhat Skimpy, but not too skimpy outfit. Um, it it was an Egyptian theme to the whole deal, you know, like you know, like Madonna's the Queen of the Nile or some such bullshit. But you know, she's she's she's. Uh, it, they just had a bunch of Egyptian kind of visual stuff going on, and Mickey Minaj and and Mia were dressed in sort of sort of uh, you know Egyptian element stuff, ancient Egypt elements. Outfits, and um, they, they uh, Mia wasn't exactly wearing a skirt. It was a, uh, it's kind of a skirt. It's like half of one that comes around her backside, and it wraps around just just around to the front of her hips, not too far around, but just 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 coming around. So it's like it's hugging her hips, and hides her rump. Okay, now in between there. 
uh, covering her her crotch area is a is a trapezoidal uh, piece of fabric. It's a little stiffer piece of fabric with a big M on it, which I thought might have meant Madonna, but now I when I found out who it was that was performing, her name's Mia. Oh, the, the M might stand for Mia. Right. So okay, so that's hanging down there and it's covering her, you know, naughty bit area. And in between that little trapezoid and the ends of the, the the front ends of that skirt that wraps around her backside, there's a little bit of thigh that you can see that comes up to her, you know, up to the hips. Kind of, you can see, you can see that. Um, now she's wearing a, again, for lack of a better word, a one-piece bathing suit kind of outfit underneath all that. All right. Okay, so remember, now she's up on this platform, she's doing some rap things, she's looking at the camera, she steps down from that little platform, it's about eight inches, 18 inches up from the stage, she turns her back to the camera, I think that's how she did it, turns around and then she comes back to the camera, she puts one leg up, her, her left leg up onto that riser, and she's facing the camera, camera's a little bit low as if you're in the audience looking up, up the stage at her, and I noticed that her hand that's that's free from holding the microphone, you know, the, the pointless microphone, because they're all lip syncing. They're all lip syncing. None of them are actually singing. The only reason why they have a microphone in any of these performances is so they can shout out to the town that they're in. Come on, everybody, let's cheer. You know, they, they can do these shout outs and whoa, and yeah. You know, it's just like, it's not necessary. Why even have the pretense? You don't need the microphone. Just Just do away with it. We all know you're lip syncing. So anyway. I mean, hell, the Who played the halftime at the Super Bowl. They may have played their instruments, but Pete and Raj were lip-syncing. Okay, anyway, <clears throat> was not their best performance. They didn't, you know, it went, well, they're lip-syncing. What are you going to do? Anyway, so Mia, with her hand that's free, the hand that would end up giving the finger, that's free now, her hand kind of moves on down toward her crotch. And she grabs a side of the little trapezoid that of fabric that's with the big M on it, and she pulls it to the side, revealing her naughty bit area. Now she's like I said, she's wearing the you know it's covered. She's not showing anything, but she's showing something. She's she's pulled that aside, and like here it is. Hey everybody, here it is. And then she, you know, lets it go, raises her hand, she says this the shit word, and then gives the finger. And I saw that and I went, oh my goodness. I mean that's I mean that's as blatant as you can get. Hey everybody, here, take a look. I mean, you know, this past halftime thing, there was an awful lot of, hey, take a look. I mean, J Lo grabbed hers a couple of times. Well, Michael Jackson's grabbed his crotch. And there was the, you know, sliding out toward the camera, crotch first, and the and the thrusts sending it toward the camera. So everybody look, and the outfits are cut in such a way where just, just all the the attention goes right there. How can you not? But here is like she's actually she's pulling something out of the way. Take a look. And then I I so I started looking into the controversy. And I got a different take on it when I read into the controversy. Now, this is 2012. This is a few years after the Me Too movement got started and started, you know, snowballing and all that. So Mia said this about the criticism that she faced for doing such a thing. She said, they're basically telling... Uh, I'll start again. 
They're basically saying it's okay for me to promote being sexually exploited as a female than to display empowerment, female empowerment. So putting that statement, and I got that off of Wikipedia, putting that statement alongside the giving the finger gesture is sort of a, okay, here you go, you know, F you. Here you go, F you. It's like making me wear this. You know, it's just, look at what you're doing. She, she apparently, if I'm reading this right, viewed this, the halftime thing as a little bit exploitive of women. And she, she was just given an F you. Okay, this is what you want. There's what you got. F you. Fast forward eight years, and it's all about empowerment. It's the stripper pole. It's the you know. It's all the shots that we got to see. It's all that. Now, is it empowerment? Is it objectification? I don't know. I I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I what is the message? And it I felt a little when I found out that you know they brought some kids up on the stage. And at one point, uh, J Lo is singing with one a little uh, a little girl, and the girl. Not so little, but you know, a girl. That's her daughter. It's just like, did you see mom on the stripper pole? <laughs> I don't know what. I I don't know. I don't, and I don't mean, you know, if you do, if you, if people do that for a living, that's that's what they do. I, and I I'm not trying to shame them or anything. I hope I don't come across that way. But I'm just trying to figure this out. I just I just I I looked. I was bemused. I said I don't know what they're trying to say here. What you know in the aftermath of Me Too, this is what does it mean? I don't I I don't know. I really don't. I just I was baffled. So then I did some more looking and I watched Prince's halftime show, which is pretty much accepted as the best of the halftime shows that's been done. Prince Prince hit it out of the park. I know that's a baseball metaphor for a football game, but he did. And it was raining. And, they, and I was watching some bit where they were talking about, you know, the producers were talking about that moment and they were apologizing to Prince because of the rain. It's never rained during the Super Bowl. And, and he, he said, can you make it rain harder? He played the moment for everything it was worth with the rain and all that. And, you know, I didn't see too much crotch shot going on there. Uh, he had two women dance, dancers. They were twins. They, you know, but they were, they were dressed rather uh, full covered, kind of dressed. Still looking sexy. But full coverage, you know, they didn't, you know, and but Prince did pull something. He had the this uh, uh, this this sheer curtain get that gets that gets blown up from the bottom of the stage and it goes up and it's flipping through the air. It's being up there and and it's and a light is cast past Prince and onto this 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 sheer curtain thing. So Prince's silhouette is giant up there, and he's playing his guitar, and he's got the Prince guitar going, which is the you know sort of the double phallic looking thing. It's got the top, you know, the straight, the neck of the guitar with a little knobby head, and then then this other part that comes down through the bottom and it curls, it curves up, and he's doing it, and he's got it placed just well. He's playing his guitar, and it looks, and you look at it, and it says, yeah, that seems a little phallic to me, you know. So it's like, well, there's Prince pulling something on you. <laughs> And, you know, got away with that. And I thought, okay. So, I mean, I, again, I'm not sure what any of this means. Or where I'm going, but uh, it just, it just, I just scratched, I just watched that and I thought, what are they doing? What is the message? Now, I, I know I've talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Um, 
there was the 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 wardrobe malfunction. Okay, and I I look at the wardrobe malfunction. That was the whatever year it was. I think uh, I can't. Two, I think it was two thousand four. I think it was that that year that Super Bowl. Janet Jackson is the main performer, but uh, she had uh, Jason Timberlake on there. I know it's Justin. I like to say his name wrong. Has him out there, and the two of them sing together. And although I don't know the exact line in the song, but it runs along the the lines of "Gonna have your clothes off by the end of the song," something like that. And when they get to the end of that song, Justin reaches across Janet and pulls her top off. And that's where we all see the bejeweled nipple. And and America loses its shit. And I look at that moment as one of the great misdirections uh, of all time. Uh, everybody, it was the nipple. The, the problem was the nipple. The fact that they called it wardrobe malfunction. The problem is, is, is should underline that this... It, or, or should at least have you questioning, well, what what was your intent here? What were you doing? What was the plan? What did you think? How did you think we the, the, the people watching this would react if the wardrobe had not malfunctioned? Because his he, he this was not some spontaneous thing that Justin just did. He, he This was choreographed, and the idea was that he was supposed to pull her top off by the end of that song. We were just supposed to see her in a bra. We weren't supposed to see the bejeweled nipple. So if we saw the bra, we'll be all say, well, that's fine. That's a fine artistic statement there. No problems at all. And this was just a couple of years before Me Too. Maybe this started to build toward the idea of Me Too. This is what, is, what is the message that's being sent here? That's why I say it's a misdirection. It's just like they, everybody focused focused on the nipple and forgot about. He pulled her top off. In this thing, and it was, it was a sexualized moment, and it was you know I mean there are moments when men and women are alone together or however the you know the sexual attractions line up, alone together where someone rips the clothes off of another. And that's perfectly fine between the two of them because they're consenting adults, and that's fine. So that's what you want. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. That's fine with me. I don't care. That's your that's your business. But this is in the Super Bowl halftime show. What is the message that's being sent here? What are they saying? What are they trying to say? But everybody focused on the nipple, and not on the bigger aspect, the gesture. What was what was what was this about? Why, why? What made you think that? if your wardrobe had worked properly that the audience would still say wouldn't 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 still be a little curious as to what you were doing as to the properness of such a move i don't know i'm just a middle-aged white guy what do i know <laughs> i just i found the whole thing uh as i said Bemusing. I just went, hmm, okay, what is that about? <laughs> what, what are they saying? So, I, is it what, so was the whole past halftime show, was it empowering or was it objectifying? 
I don't think it was racist. A lot of people had to bring up race because they were Latina women. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to go there. You know, it's, it's like, but, you know, my other examples were Lady Gaga and Madonna, and they're two white chicks. So, no, I'm sorry, white women. <laughs> Listen to me. But then it was Prince. And uh, I just... <sighs> uh, I didn't do a show last week, so I'm going to take a little extra time in this show. I got and my voice is holding up pretty good. I'm going to do a little extra time. Uh, there was a thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, also relating to the the Super Bowl. Now everybody's into, or not everybody, but a lot of people are into the ads that are shown on the Super Bowl over the last oh I don't know, couple few decades. Um, the commercials for the Super Bowl have become an event uh, onto themselves, uh, and I think. I think the shine is coming off the rose on that one. Uh, part of the reason is some of these advertisers are showing their Super Bowl ads before the Super Bowl. They're putting them on YouTube and they're doing that. Uh, I I haven't seen any that have made me think, "Wow, that was brilliant." Some are cute and some are fun. There was a uh, there was only I think three ads that uh, or uh, that really st stuck with me. Uh, there was a run of ads for several different products that all must be under the same umbrella uh, uh, company because they had this that's this character that's from uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia I can't think of his name but he he and, and this other character which uh, actor uh, she might be in always sunny in Philly Philadelphia as well but the two of them run through these ads and the, and the guy would show up in an ad where you weren't expecting him to and and they did that and I thought that was kind of clever just kind of tie all that stuff together uh, there was a tax ad where people were doing a silly dance uh, I think that I was that turbo tax I think I don't know. and then there was this ad uh, for Michelob pure gold I think I think that's what the the beer is uh, the ad plays, and it shows a farmer out in the field, and he's looking a little frustrated or something, and they're saying only 1% of farms are organic. And Michelob wants to change that. Michelob wants to, you know, to expand the organic farming through the country and the world. Uh, I, I don't know where they're going to do all this, but for every six-pack sold... Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, they will make sure that six square feet of farmland is converted to organic. And I just went, oh, great, great, you know, because it's not just organic. Now they didn't bring it up, but this, as a skeptic, pay attention to this kind of stuff. We know that this will happen. Uh, it's not just organic. It's the anti-GMO sentiment. They, they, they tend to, to come together. And that's dangerous. Um, there are organic food proponents that say that organic farming could produce enough food to feed the planet. There are those others, and I think there's, they're more science-based as far as what I've seen, and I'm not an expert on this kind of thing, but uh, that say no. No, um, 
if we were to go all organic right now, something like 1.6 of the 7.5 billion people on the planet, 1.6 billion of them would not be able to get food. We wouldn't be able to feed them. Uh, what I saw on the internet said that uh, right now, with the farming that we have, uh, the the we can feed 7.9 billion people and there are 7.5 billion people on the planet. There are still 800,000 or so people starving around the world, uh, which should not be happening because obviously we can feed everybody because we have the capacity to do 7.9 billion. But the thing is, by 2050, the, the predictions are there'll be 9.8 billion people on the planet and we need to be able to increase yields. And one of the best ways to do that is through GMO crops. Make, you know, higher yields um, and uh, more nutritious food. It's just, it's, you know, organic food isn't any, any healthier for you. The farming process isn't any better for the ecosystem or the world. You know, there's oh, so much less chemicals. If you've got GMO crops that, that uh, are pest-resistant pest, uh, pest and, uh, you know, you will have to use less pesticides. Uh, but no, we got to go with organic. With organic food, you have a higher chance of getting stuff like E. coli in the in the food because they're you know they're using they're using chemicals and stuff on it. But it's just those chemicals are, chemicals are considered organic. It's so it's just I looked at that and I thought, oh goodness gracious, that's just what we need. We've got we've got products in the stores that have a little label on there that says uh, verified and uh, non-gmo we've got that and now we've got Michelob beer giving us yet another reason to not drink Michelob saying we should convert more farms to organic and I just don't think that's a good idea um, and the uh, the deputy of uh, the Deputy Secretary of Agriculture, let me find her name, Julie Kenny. I guess she tweeted about it, uh, saying that, you know, this is, uh, you know, advertising what they'll do. She said, in or she said it would take 2.5 million six-packs to convert the average Iowa farm to organic. <laughs> and Michelob says, yeah, what's wrong with that? If we sell 2.5 million six-packs, huh? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Do, I've got some cool things here. Again, I'm gonna go a little longer this show. I'm doing this for a friend. He's he, he was demanding two shows because I didn't do one last week. He said, "Well, can you do an extended show?" And I said, "Well, we'll see." I'm doing this for you. You know who you are, and just know I'm tired. <laughs> I worked extra this week. I'm tired, but I'll do this. But I want to do some cool things. I don't want to, you know, all negative stuff. Um, I talked on the last show. I talked about uh, Goop. What was the last show, right? And and Gwyneth's obsession with her Gwyneth Paltrow's obsession with her vagina, and uh, flogging pseudoscience and uh, uh, alternative medicine and all this kind of bullshit on her Goop site. And uh, um, and it, so, Dr. Stephen Novella. Steve Novella the host of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, he has written a piece on his Neurologica blog uh, in which uh, he he's not addressing directly Gwyneth, this existence of the thing, although it's a directed, it, it is addressed in there. Uh, he's addressing an op-ed piece that showed up in the New York Times 
a piece that was written by uh, Elisa Albert, Albert, Elisa Albert, and Jennifer Block. And uh, they tend, it, the gist of it is, in their opinion piece, because of this scientific pushback on Goop and the, the Goop series that's on Netflix, they blame the patriarchy for it. And uh, to quote from, uh, from uh, Steve Novella's piece, ironically and sadly, I would argue that Paltrow and Albert and Block are exploiting women, making them more vulnerable, and depriving them of true empowerment, which is knowledge. When you give someone misinformation, you are taking away their ability to have informed consent. Unquote. It's a good article. I think it's cool. And Steve Novell is, of course, a, a Dimland Radio science hero. I mean, I, I may not have officially announced it, but he is. My God, how could he not be? Or my lack of God. <laughs> and uh, next, this is cool. Uh, there was a, a article, a short article, that NASA has brought the Voyager 2 satellite, or probe, or whatever it is, uh, brought it back online. Apparently back on January 28th of this year, the satellite blacked out. Uh, or spacecraft probe. What is it? Uh, anyway, it, it, it stopped. It shut down. And it's designed to do that when when there's uh, too much of a power draw. And for whatever reason, they believe that um, some functions, two, a couple of high power draw functions were taking place at the same time, which shouldn't have happened, and that's what caused it to shut down. And they were able, from 11.5 billion miles away, because that's how far Voyager 2 is, NASA was able to, to uh, work it out and get the satellite to reboot, or whatever it is, to, to get back online and continue its mission. Um, they figure the satellite has another five years worth of uh, battery life. Uh, I'm not sure what it is that's powering it, but it was launched over 40 years ago, and it's been going, and it's it's 11.5 billion miles away from us, and they were able to get it going. And that's cool. And so it's got another five years of life. We'll see how that runs out. And what it's still sending us information. It's outside the solar system now. It's in interstellar space. I'm I'm fairly certain of that. And it's sending us information. And that's cool. How cool is that? I have another cool thing. There's an enhanced video of the of the Lumaire brothers uh, film from 1895. That's called uh, Arrival of Train at La. Uh, I don't know how to say this word. I was going to ask my son about it. He takes French. Ciotat? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you say it. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Uh, it's, it's a famous see, uh, bit of film. I think there's two, actually, that go about a minute. Because I found another one online that's in crappy shape. It looks like it's basically the same kind of train coming in. It's definitely the same train sta station. The people are dressed all in the same period pieces and all that. It's the same angle of camera as the train's approaching, but it's different people. And I was like, I was looking at that. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a different. Were there two of these? And I couldn't confirm that the brothers did two films uh, you know, on that day, two minute-long films or so uh, on that day, but. They must have, because there's two shots. Anyway, so the one that's been kind of cleaned up, 
and it's been uh, uh, it's been you know, uh, some sound effects have been put in there of the train and you hear the muttering of people um, and they're walking to the camera and everything uh, and, and, and people are getting off the train and getting on the train it the way it looks it looks so uh, it looks so recent but it's it's a it's more than 120 years ago 1895 it's it's incredible it's, and you look at them and they look like they you think they're people in dressed in period piece you don't think that they're you know this is no no that's the way they dress the, the people there i would love to be able to just go back and and, and tell them just do you realize just pull the the guy with the mustache that walks by the uh, toward the camera you'll see it when i link to the pieces on you go to dimland.com click on the blog option i think you can do that now if not just go to dimland.blogspot.com and you'll get to my blog uh, or watch for me when I when I post it up on on Facebook. You just watch for it, and then you can link there. But anyway, so uh, when you watch it, when you watch the film, you see the guy. He's got a cap on. He's got a big bushy mustache. He's he looks like he's wearing some kind of uniform. He's walking toward the camera just to stop that guy and say, Hey, hey, hey! You know what's going on here? Well, they're doing some kind of taking pictures or something. I guess moving pictures or something. I don't know. They're taking pictures now. He'd be talking in French, and he'd have a French accent. I'm not going to do that. Um, He'd be saying, yeah, I said, I said, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're making a film. They're making a, a movie. That's what that's what we'll call it. You are going to be seen by people all around the world 125 or whatever years from now. You'll be long dead, but you're, there you will be. You'll be walking. You'll be, you've, 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 you've achieved a certain amount of immortality. You and all the rest of these people here who don't know enough to not look at the camera... I mean, come on, people. Have you never been in a movie before? Stop looking at the camera. Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. They, you guys, who are all dead, the little kids, the little kids on there, you guys are dead too. But we can see you, and you're moving as if, as if you just, you know, as if this was just taken yesterday, which, you know, uh, cos cosmically speaking, yeah, <laughs> it was just taken half a second ago. But it's just, it's cool. You, you, you just realize this. You, how rare this moment right here in 1895. How rare this moment is. How what 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 part of a rare thing you people are all a part of. It, that that you are going to be seen 125 years from now by some dope middle-aged white guy uh, on the internets. I'll I'll explain the internets to you guys later. But. Uh, you're going to be seen by me and all kinds of other people and just going to say, wow, I mean, look at them. They're all dead now, but there they are. Isn't that is super cool? Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Okay, done of a, uh, come to an end of another show. It was a little extended tonight just to kind of make up for not doing a show last week. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to, well, you know, be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and you should sleep with the lights off. And hopefully I'll see you next week.
can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.